Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Thursday, October 23rd. Thanks for tuning in. I've got an exciting show this evening with special celebrity guest, Kimberly Locke. Kimberly Locke is one of our favorite Idol contestants from Season 2 of American Idol. She went all the way to the top three finalists with Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken and held her own. She is currently signed with Curb Records and her debut album, One Love Hit Stores, in mid-2004 and spawned the number one Billboard Hot 100 sales single for 8th World Wonder, where Kimberly became the third Idol to enter the chart at number one. In three short years, Kimberly has scored four top ten Billboard AC hits, including Eighth World Wonder, I Could, Up on the Housetop, and Jingle Bells. In 2005, Kimberly signed with Ford Modeling Agency and became a Lane Bryant spokesperson. She has also been a Jenny Craig spokesperson and appeared on Celebrity Fit Club. Her album, Based on a True Story, is in stores now. Let's welcome Kimberly to the show. Hi, Kimberly. Are you there? Hello? One second. We might be having technical difficulties. Hello? Hi, Kim. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I know you you're busy. Had, like, you had a, brief, a lot going on. You just had a brief freak out moment, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, I'm thanks here. for being with us. So No problem. We, I'm going to start from the beginning. I know you're probably tired of hearing idle questions, so I'm going to get oh, those no, no out the way. <laughs> no problem. So what were you doing before competing on American Idol? Um, before American Idol, uh, let's see, American Idol was um, the end of, I auditioned at the end of 02, I think, and I was on the show in 03. Mm-hmm. So I just finished undergraduate school, and I was headed to law school. And um, I was working, um, I was actually, I had a job with BMI ASCAP and CSAC at the time, and mm-hmm. I was just preparing to go to law school. And the funny thing was, um when I auditioned for American Idol and I made it to the final round, which was with Paula, Randy, and Simon, mm-hmm. and they give you the yellow slip that says you're going to Hollywood, mm-hmm. I found out that Hollywood week was the same time law school started, the same week, December oh. 9th. I'll never forget the date, December 9th. And I had to make a choice between 
American Idol and law school. So obviously I chose American Idol. Wow. So Before I even knew if I was going to make it. So I was a nervous wreck. So you just stepped out on faith, basically. Hey, I that I really did. I stepped out on faith. I had no idea what was going to happen, um, and I had no way of knowing what was going to happen. So before Idol, had you made a demo or approached record companies and tried to do it on your own? I had. Um, probably... Uh, probably since my sophomore year or freshman year in college, mm-hmm. I had been singing in bands uh, locally in Nashville at different jazz bars or cabaret rooms or, you know, just singing with different bands, period. And mm-hmm. prior to that, I was in a group, an acapella group primarily uh, called Shades of You, and we sang everywhere we could pop, wherever people wanted to hear us, we sang. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter where it was. And, you know, that's since I was young, I've always known that I either wanted to be a singer or a lawyer. Those right. were the two things that I wanted to do. So what was your biggest obstacle getting started as a professional singer before the show? Um, well, what I learned in college is that you are a professional singer once you start earning money at your profession. So I was already a professional. Got it. (laughs) The way, the way I, the way I looked at it was I wanted to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And what happened for me was, you know, Oprah calls them our aha moments Mm -hmm. and I call them gifts from God. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, one day I, I realized, you know, I wanted to go to the next level. I was not content singing in bars and singing in clubs. Of course, that's how you have to start out. You know, that's that's the right. way it is sometimes, and that's what you have to do. Um, but I realized that I got to a point to where, you know, I said, this is not what I this is not what I want. If I can't have it, I don't want it. If I can't have the professional level that I want to reach, which is having a recording contract, having my own band. If I can't have that, I don't want it because I can do other things and be successful at them. And I made that decision, so I stopped singing at every club I ever sang at. Mm -hmm. I stopped singing in bands, period. And the only time I sang was in church, which was very gratifying for me. And it was enough. It satisfied my need to sing. And that's when, I'm telling you, I started focusing on law school then, no music, mm-hmm. and that's when American Idol came about. Wow, so it was just meant to be. It, you know what? It was meant to be. And, you know, people, you know, my mom is the number one, you know, person that will say, if it's meant to be, it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And as much as I hate that expression, it's true. If it's meant to be, it's going to be because I had already enrolled in law school. I had taken the LSAT. I had bought my books. As, as a matter of fact, my books are still in my closet at my mom's house. You didn't return them? I didn't return them. <laughs> what? I was like, well, maybe I'll use them one day. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I kept them. And I was like, you know, this was, you know, I, they always say what God has for you is for you. Mm. But I believe you have to be in position for that. And I think that I was in position for that. And, and and that was for me. And I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So after competing on Idol, do you automatically have representation with someone at the show? Or oh, no. are just people approaching you from all different directions? Um, what happens, what, what the average person that's sitting at home watching American Idol does not realize is that 
um, while we are on the show, we are obligated to American Idol slash Fremantle. Um, mm-hmm. They're representing us as our management company um, on our behalf musically, and mm-hmm. they um, uh, they use the uh, agency, the talent agency CAA. And um, so while we're on the show, we're tied up with them. What happens at the end of the show, <clears throat> you go into a grace period where American Idol and Fremantle, they have what you call first right of refusal. So mm-hmm. if they want to pick you up, if they pick up your option, then you're obligated to them. If they do oh. not pick up your option, they have 90 days from the finale to pick up your option. And, honey, you can believe that when we got off that show, I was calling them every week saying, are you going to pick me up? Are you going to pick me up? Are you going to pick me up? Mm-hmm. Because your window of opportunity is very narrow. Right. And it's closing because people, you know, people are on to the next set of idols before the tour is over. Right. And, you know, so you, you got to get it while you're hot. You got to get it while people still know who you are. Right. And I wanted them to release me. And I actually got them to release me a little bit early, but, you know, not too early. They didn't sign me. And immediately I had saved every business card of every person that I had met when I was on the show. And mm-hmm. I picked up the phone and I called those people and I said, you know, American Idol is not signing me. I need a record deal before this tour is over. And oh, I got so you one. did it yourself. I did. I did it myself. Oh, but you were hustling. I'm a hustler. Listen, I hustled in college. You know, that's what I do. You know, my best friend, you know, if I ever call her and I'm stressed out, she's like, listen. She's like, I'm not worried about you. She said, I watched you hustle in college, and can't nobody hustle better than you. (laughs) That's good to have in this industry. Exactly. And that's what it was. You know, it was about... You know, we meet a lot of people on American Idol just through different things. And right. I had met a lovely person at um, BMI, Fred Bronson. I had made really good friends with the people on the show. And, um, you know, just people that, that the exposure is so tremendous from American mm-hmm. Idol. And you run into the most random people. I just picked up the phone and called him. I even, I had, you know, Young and the Restless is one of my favorite soap operas. Mm-hmm. I even called the talent agent there. And she, I didn't get a part on the show, but she sat down in her office and talked to me for two hours. And that was valuable. Yeah, yeah, and that was valuable to me. And, yeah. and so even those types of opportunities, you just, you take advantage of it, you know, because we're new kids on the block when we come off that right. show. So in 2005, you signed with the Ford Modeling Agency as a plus-size model and became a Lane Bryant spokesperson. So are you still signed with Ford and modeling? Um, I'm not signed with them. Once my contract ended with uh, Lane Bryant, um, which was, I think I was with them for two years, mm-hmm. it was a great experience, and I think it was just what I needed personally because, you know, after American Idol, there was so Everybody wanted to talk about my weight, and I'm from Tennessee. But you weren't that big. Hello. (laughs) But all of a sudden, I started, I developed a complex because everybody wanted to talk about it. Everybody wanted to talk about being, me being a plus size in Hollywood. And I was very honest with them, and, you know, 
I'm I'm just that way. I don't I don't know how to be anything else. But I said to them, I said, you know what? I'm from Tennessee, and until I got to Hollywood, I didn't really think I had an issue with my weight. Right, you just normal it, there. That's how it goes down in Tennessee. Right. <laughs> that's how it I is. know. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was um it was really uh it was a tough time for me because I had to, you know, I'm a strong person. Mm-hmm. But things like that attack you at the core. And as much as you try to ignore it when everybody's talking about it and it's in mm-hmm. your face, you know, it's hard it to ignore you. it. It affects you. And and one, I remember one day I was living in L.A. and I was at home and I was broke down. I mean, I was in tears, just crying. And the guy I was dating at the time, he came over, he's like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a typical girl, I don't know. I'm crying. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm crying hysterically like my dog just died. <laughs> and he's like, he, and he sat down on the edge of the bed and he said, what is wrong with you? And I was like, everybody is talking about my weight. I feel like there's something wrong with me. And you know what? He looked at me and he said, you need to get over it. So we, just like did that. you see it on TV or the Internet or both? You know what? It was just in interviews. I was doing a lot of interviews after American Idol, and that's what people wanted to talk about. And I was like, you know what? I just, you know, accomplished something huge in my life. Right. And, this, and they want to talk about thing. my weight. Yeah. You know, I just <laughs> released my album. I had a number one single. And they wanted to talk about my weight. And I was like, Really? I was like, it's that important, and it got to me. And when he sat down with me and he was like, you know what, you are going to have to get over it. You have more things to focus on. You are right in the middle of promoting your album. You can't have a breakdown right now. And that's when I said I owned it, you know, which Mm -hmm. I thought I'd owned it before. Mm -hmm. But then I really owned it, and I said, you know what, that is going to go at the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. because I don't have time to think about it. Right. This is who I am. This is how I got to where I am. This is what had, I've been this way all my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to change overnight, so why are you thinking about it right this moment? When you're ready to deal with that aspect of your life, if ever, then you'll deal with it. Right. And that's when Lane Bryant came along. And that gave me the opportunity to be comfortable in my own skin, to be around women who felt good about me representing them. Yeah, and and beautiful. Absolutely. You know, and it gave me an opportunity to talk to women who were like me, Mm -hmm. who, you know, looked up to me. Mm -hmm. And it gave me an opportunity to just kind of own it and be comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. And for that... You know, that was the gift in doing Lane Bryant because, you know, I would always tell women, if you're happy, if you're comfortable, if you're healthy, own it. Right. Own it. You know, don't beat yourself up about it because this is who you are. And people, I think, I believe in, I believe that people give off energy. And Mm -hmm. if your energy is bad, people are going to pick up on it immediately. And if you're right. not comfortable with yourself, then it's up to you to change it. But mm-hmm. if you're comfortable, then own it and go with it. Now, in your bio, it says you were previously approached by Jenny Craig and Celebrity Fit Club, but you initially said no. So what happened after the Lane Bryant campaign that made you change your mind about it? You know what? I'm all about challenging myself. 
mm-hmm. and getting the most out of me. And I think that, you know, we as people, we don't, I think the hardest thing to do is to challenge yourself. It's easy, it's easy for me to challenge you to something because I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. But when it's just me, myself, and I, Mm-hmm. and I'm going against myself, that's when the real growth happens. And I think when I first got approached by Jenny Craig and, and Celebrity Fit Club, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So if I knew my mind wasn't in it, I wasn't going to go on national television and fail. I wasn't going right. to do a national weight loss campaign where, you know, I really wasn't ready to do it. And I told my manager, I said, you know what, I need some time to think about it. And he said, okay. And I think finally one day I said, well, what's next? You've accomplished mm-hmm. everything you want to accomplish in your life. Mm-hmm. You are. You just had the beautiful opportunity with Lane Bryant to own mm-hmm. who you are and to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I started to look at it from a realistic perspective. I looked mm-hmm. at my family history of, you know, hypertension, diabetes. You know, I started to, you know, rationalize it because I'm a very logical black and white person Mm -hmm. Um, and I just started to look at the facts and I looked at my family and I was like that's what's predestined for you if you're just okay with being okay Mm -hmm. you know your 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 mother's overweight your brother's overweight your grandparents are overweight these are the the ailments that come along with that and I said okay let's challenge myself to see if I can do this and not until I got to that point did I say that I was going to do it now, it while was a being myself, while being a Jenny Craig spokesperson, did you receive criticism after being a Lane Bryant spokesperson? Oh yes, honey, my <laughs> fans ripped me apart. Really? They called me a sellout. They said that I'm turning my back on you know the fan base, which was so far beyond the truth. Because you know, just because I lose weight, it doesn't change who I am. Right. And then, you know, I I was so shocked because I was like, it's amazing how here I am trying to do something good for myself, mm-hmm. which is lose a, lose a little bit of weight so that I'm healthier in the long run. Honey, I'm not trying to be a size zero. I've never been a size zero. I will probably mm-hmm. never be a size zero. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm going for, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm always going to have hips and I'm always going to have breasts. They're not going anywhere either. <laughs> you know, so for me to be a stick figure, it's not going to happen. Right. You know, and I think after I did it and after I started to lose the weight, my fans became more receptive of it. They were like, oh, my gosh, you know, she looks so good. I'm so happy for her. And then I started to inspire them. Mm-hmm. And they totally changed, you know, and they started supporting me. Because it's hard, you know, when you've been doing something your entire life, especially food, and I'm from the South, I say it again, you mm-hmm. know, everything is fried, you yeah. know. There I'm are, from Louisiana, I know. Yeah, we only eat about 10 vegetables. They're right. fried. Or, or <laughs> they're fried and cooked in butter. With gravy. You know, with gravy, exactly. And so it's like trying to do that was so hard. So I literally... My manager and I were talking about it when I first started, and he was like, stop reading the message boards. And he was like, you are not allowed to go on and read any of the fan sites. Because it'll just upset you. 
because it would upset me. I started second-guessing myself, and I became disappointed, and I, you know, I started to come down on myself. What are you doing? And and I was like, and, and finally he and I talked about it, and he was like, just stop it. He's like, you're doing this. You're doing it because you made that decision, and they'll come around. And they mm-hmm. did, you know. Eventually they did. But I was actually shocked that, I, you know, that I got criticism for actually wanting to be better, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I guess that's part of the course in this business. So how was your experience on Celebrity Fit Club? <laughs> my first my first word is dreadful and I'll tell you why because freak. of the whole yeah because that was when you're losing weight when you're when you make that kind of decision and that commitment it's not only changing your weight you're dealing with other things as well because you, you're you learning about yourself and you're learning why you eat the things that you eat and you're learning mm-hmm. what triggers you. So it's almost like therapy. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a psychotherapy because you start learning why you turn to food, what made you turn to food in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, why you have these tendencies to do this during certain times. It's, it's more than just weight loss. So for me... Going to that show and taping that show and being stressed out by him, mm-hmm. it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually finally got to a point on the show where I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm mm-hmm. here trying to do something healthy for myself and better for myself, but the amount of stress that I'm under, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Exactly. You know, so for that, it was dreadful. But at the end of the day, it was life-changing. Now, from that show, is that how Lock and Loaded came about? Tell us about that project you have. (laughs) Locked and Loaded is a cruise that is going to take place in the Caribbean um, in September of 2009. And I have to tell you, it is going to be so much fun. Because Mm -hmm. what I felt like, the reason I wanted to do the cruise is because I've really changed my eating habits. I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. Even when I go home, you know, as much as I love fried catfish and cornbread, I don't eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mom, she always asks me to cook dinner because she knows I'm going to cook healthy. Mm-hmm. I've completely changed my eating habits. Like, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm able to do this, I know if I can do it, anybody can do it because I'm a food junkie. Mm-hmm. I love food. And I love, you know, just like everybody else, I love the worst kind of food. Mm-hmm. So what the cruise is about is, it's a, it, you know, it's it's a time where people can come and they can, first and foremost, it's vacation. Mm-hmm. Number one, it is a vacation. But number two, it's an opportunity for people to come and be educated. We have you know, I'm I'm um I'm doing all the music aspect of it. Harvey's doing the, all the fitness and wellness. But, you know, what I want to do is I want to be in all the fitness and wellness stuff too because, you know, I'm a product of eating healthy mm-hmm. and, you know, doing the right thing. So what I think people who come on the cruise are going to get a wealth of knowledge that they can use while they're on the cruise they can use it, take it home with them when they get off the cruise. It's going to be such a personal experience because we're going to be on the boat at everybody's disposal. 
You know, mm-hmm. we're even going to plan a private dinner so mm. that we can all sit down together and just, you know, hang out. And this so is the first are, time that you, the, you've done this? Yes, it's the first cruise ever, you know, that we've done this. And, you know, we were just trying to find a way to make it fun. And music and fitness, everybody loves music, you know. And, you know, for the most part, everybody wants to know how to be healthier, even mm-hmm. if it's just a, even if it's just a little bit healthier. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you want to, you know, do Jane Fonda or you want to be a size zero, but right. just how to make incremental changes in your life that will make you healthier over the long term. You know, because yeah. even for me, I think I think that's what it was about for me. It was mm-hmm. about making the incremental changes that will keep me from falling off the cliff. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to do boot camps in the morning time on the deck, which I'm really looking forward to. You know, it's 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 like I think about it. It's like, can you imagine doing a workout in the middle of the ocean? How wow. cool is that? Who gets to do that? Who gets to have that experience? Right. You know, so we came up with the cruise idea, and we're you know we're going to give it a shot for the first um, this first year. It's and what's the website for that? The website is www.lockandloaded.com. That's my last name, L-O-C-K-E, and loaded.com. Now, are you currently working on a new CD? You know what? I am doing Christmas right now. I'm about to go on a Christmas tour. Um, uh, We start the day after Thanksgiving, surprisingly enough. Mm -hmm. And um, although uh, the the tour dates will be on my MySpace page, which is MySpace, MySpace.com slash Kimberly Locke. We have all the tour dates. We're going to be in Florida, Texas, New York. Um, we're going to be all over the place. So uh, people can come out and see the Christmas tour. And um, then, let's see. You have a new restaurant or something with a restaurant? I have a restaurant called Croton Creek. I actually just came from there. I came mm-hmm. home. I was at the restaurant. I came there. came home from there. And, um you know, and where is what city is that in? That's in a town called Croton Falls, which is in Westchester County, New York. Oh, and okay. we're about one hour outside of the city, and it's a steakhouse and wine bar, and we have a website. It's uh, crotoncreek.com, uh, C-R-O-T-O-N, creek.com. And, um, you know, I'm there. When I'm at home, you know, I make sure I go by and, you know, make my face seen and and be seen around there and people love it you know people love it people love the surprise that they don't know if I'm going to be there or not but when I'm there it's a it's a big treat for them so you know go ahead what you was going to say I was going to say next uh, next year you know after Christmas I will start working on a new album oh good yeah yeah definitely and so tell us your official website in MySpace too my official MySpace page is www.myspace.com slash Kimberly Locke. Mm-hmm. That's where you can listen to music. You can find out my calendar, where I'm going to be next, and I post a blog on there as well. So um, anything Kimberly Locke is going to be on MySpace.com, and there are links to my other fan sites as well. Well, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. That 30 minutes went by fast. It did go by fast. (laughs) I talk a lot. (laughs) Well, I had to cut off some of the questions. I'm going to have to get you back on here. Yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. 
Well, thanks again. I know you were busy because we almost didn't make it here. I know, I know. <laughs> thanks for being understanding, though. I appreciate it. I wanted to make sure I got it in. Yeah, thank you. Well, congratulations on all your success and uh, hope to hear from you soon again with the next interview. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. You have a good night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was the fabulous Kimberly Locke. Make sure you check out her CD that's in stores now based on a true story. And tune in next time, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you but to keep you connected. For more information on our show, go to our website at www.plusmodelmag.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at guest at plusmodelmagazine.com to submit. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting Plus Model Radio. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.